Thanks, Travis, for reading our scripture this morning. Yeah, I'm excited to be able to to share with you guys from Mark 4. Uh, I think this has been a passage that has been significant for me throughout my years walking with Jesus, and excited to be able to share that with you guys. Uh, So the title of our sermon this morning is Storms, Questions, Jesus. Um, And I want even to quickly introduce the series that we're going through that's leading up to Easter. Uh, So we're going through the Gospel of Mark, and we're looking at the life of Jesus and the hope that he brings us. So we're going to be learning throughout going through the Gospel of Mark and looking at different stories of Jesus and how that can bring hope to us in this season. Uh, And if you haven't had a chance, uh, earlier this week, Travis on Facebook Live uh, actually gave some background on the history of the book of Mark. So I'd encourage you guys, if you haven't and you have Facebook, um, to just go check that out to learn more about the context of Mark. So church, when was the last time that you asked God a question? Like a real honest question. And by asking that question, what were you hoping to understand or discover about God or yourself or your circumstances? I feel like in my own life, the past couple years with the world around us, there's been a lot of questions that I've asked God myself. Um, But I think a couple that seem to be themes in my own life is questions about why it feels so hard to think about the future why it feels like I'm never in control of my circumstances, and why so many people in my own life are going through such hard seasons of suffering. Like Travis shared earlier, uh, as my wife Michelle and I, we work for a uh, college ministry called Crew with college students in Seattle. Uh, In this past month, back in February, we did an outreach on campus at UW Seattle that was called Ask a Question and Get a Cookie. And it went really well. We ended up uh, buying 200 cookies and got rid of all of them. Um, But how the the outreach worked is simply uh, we'd be on Red Square, if you've ever been on campus at at UW Seattle, um, and and students would just come up to us and they could ask us any faith-related question. And by asking a question, they would get a free cookie. So pretty good deal for a student. They could ask us really hard questions and then they got a free cookie out of it. But it led to a lot of deeper conversations where not everyone, but some people we got to engage with them on that question as well as just have some deeper conversations with them. But I want to share with you guys, here are some of the questions that college students are asking when, it comes, when it's related to God and faith. So here's some examples. A lot of students ask questions about, how do I actually experience God in my life? How do I know that God is always with me? My friend said that he actually felt God one time. Is that real? If you could say one thing to someone who didn't believe, what would you say? What do you think about spirituality being expressed differently across different cultures and nations around the world? What do you think about people that come on campus with signs that we're all going to hell? Can I be a Christian and not go to church? Will there be a time in the future when science will disprove God or the questions about God and science will change over time? Then probably the question that we've all asked the last couple years is, why did God allow this pandemic? 
You see, in these questions, we can learn so much about what someone is thinking and believing and what's going on deeper in their heart. So today what I want to do is to look at the scripture that Travis read in Mark 4, and I want us to ask this question, how do the questions that we ask God reveal our heart motives and hope? So we're going to do this by looking at the context. We're going to look at three questions that are asked in this scripture, our response to storms, and then Jesus' invitation. So first, the context, the storm. So leading up to this point uh, in Mark 4, is Jesus, uh, earlier in Mark 4, is Jesus is, is talking in parables and using parables to talk about the kingdom of God and what it looks like to be faithful in the kingdom of God. He's giving the disciples and the people he's interacting with this new perspective of what this kingdom of God looks like. Then we have this event that happens at the end of Mark 4 involving Jesus and his disciples. In short, what happens in this story is Jesus and his, and his disciples are in a boat, and then this storm starts. Uh, Jesus is sleeping in the boat. So the disciples get terrified. They're like, Jesus, why are you sleeping? There's a storm going on. Then Jesus calms this storm, and then the disciples are in awe and fear of who God is. So during this event is, like I shared, there's these questions that are asked. And so what are the three questions that are asked in this conversation and this event that's happening with Jesus and his disciples? So first, in verse 38, we see the disciples uh, say to Jesus, they say, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And then in, in verse 40, Jesus responds to the disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And then after Jesus calms a storm, we see the disciples ask each other, they say, who is this man? They ask each other, even the winds and the waves obey him. So what I'd like to do is to look at each of these questions more in depth and see what we can learn from that. So first question, the question that the disciples ask Jesus, is they say, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? In this moment, the disciples had doubt and fear that Jesus would provide, that Jesus would actually calm the storm. And as well as they're going to Jesus because they're wanting to do whatever it takes to change their circumstances. And I think about our own culture, our own church, and I believe that we ask these same types of questions in our own life. Church, when was the last time that you felt like God didn't care? When was the last time that you said something like, Jesus, don't you care about blank because it really feels like you don't? For the disciples, it was, Jesus, don't you care about the safety of us in this boat because it really feels like you don't? You could fill in the blank, Jesus, don't you care about my children, our church, racial injustice, marriages, singleness? I think the one that's on the front of all of our minds, the war in Ukraine. Jesus, don't you care about the war in Ukraine? because sometimes it feels like you really don't. I think in my own life, the example that comes to mind is, Jesus, don't you care about my future? Because it really feels like you don't. You see, my wife Michelle and I, we moved to Bothell back in 2017, and I think we had cert certain expectations of what life would look like, particularly when it came to what ministry would look like that we would get involved in, what our family would look like, and what housing would look like. 
<laughs> and through the five, year, five, five years here, it's looked drastically different. And it's, it's challenged me to think about, Jesus, do you really care about my future? I think about ministries. So we came here in 2017 to help support a ministry at UW Seattle and then launch a ministry at UW Bothell. And for the first year, you know, first couple years, you know, we're starting to gain this momentum and then swoosh, right? Like the pandemic comes and our entire ministry went online for a year and a half. <laughs> And it was just all about like, how do we care for these students? How do we care for ourselves? While no one wants to be online, it was really challenging. And then coming out this year, as things are back in, on, in person, as we've had to relearn what ministry looks like. Students are not the same students that they were three years ago. And so it's been really challenging. I think about family. To be honest, my wife Michelle and I would have hoped that we have had children by now, but that hasn't been God's plan for our lives. And then housing. When we moved here, we were like, we moved from Pullman, um, so housing was pretty cheap. You know, the place that we rented was $800 um, before we, $800 a month. And so we moved here, we're like, okay, we'll trust that God will provide, we'll rent for a couple years, and then maybe someday we'll be able to own a home. And I feel like as the months pass, that question of even thinking about owning a home just feels farther and farther away. And so in all of this, I think it's caused me, once again, to think about, Jesus, do you really care about my future? Because it sometimes feels like you don't. Okay, question number two that Jesus asked the disciples. He says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? What Jesus is saying to the disciples in this moment is, do you not know who I am? Do you not understand who's in the boat with you? Jesus asked why the, the, asked the disciples why they're afraid. Church, what are you afraid of? Maybe it's not being in control. Maybe it's the fear of experiencing more loss or grief, fear of change, losing your plans, being exposed. I think what's really interesting about this story with the disciples is some of the disciples that were with Jesus in the boat, they were fishermen. Like, they, they had the professional skills and abilities, you would have thought, to be able to get out of storm. They had spent so much of their life fishing on boats, and I'm sure they had experienced storms over time. But not even this storm could help the disciples get out. Like, the disciples didn't even have the ability or knowledge or skills to protect them, for protect them from this storm. Church, even on the east side, not our skills, abilities, or resources can protect us from experiencing storms. So in order to change our perspective is we have to understand who Jesus truly is. Church, what about Jesus' character brings you peace? Maybe that he's all loving, all powerful, knowing, all knowing, patient, merciful, full of grace and truth, eternal, just, perfect, the list goes on and on. And then we have this third question that the disciples ask each other in response to Jesus calming the storm. They say, who is this man? They ask each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. As they saw Jesus calm the storm, their view of who Jesus was was changed. More and more the disciples realized that following Jesus did not mean that life would be easy. I'm sure when the disciples got into the boat that day, they did not expect that there would be a storm. They're like, Jesus is with me. Everything's going to be okay. There's not going to be any storms. 
but there was still a storm. And I think that's true for us, is not even experiencing Jesus, knowing Jesus can keep us from having storms in our lives. I actually think it's the opposite. Following Jesus means laying down our life (laughs) and experiencing suffering every day. The disciples' inability to stop the storm was also Jesus' opportunity to show and remind them who he truly was. The disciples went from fearing the storm, the wind, and the waves to being in awe and fearing God. I think when you hear the word fearing God, I know for myself there's a lot of different things that come to mind. And I think when it comes to fearing God, the word fear in God, I think is very different than what we use the word fear in our day-to-day lives. And I, I, and I love what Psalm 33, uh, 4 through 8, says when, it's, when it talks about what this fear of God looks like. And I want to read that to you guys this morning. So starting in verse 4, Psalm 33, it says, For the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. So what does it look like to fear God and be in awe of him? It's fearing the fact that he is never changing, being in awe that he he is never changing, that his love is never changing. And that's a love that we can trust in that causes us to actually want to worship him deeper. I think fear, fear of the Lord is, our response is actually worshiping God for who he is, as, as a, want the creator, but also the power that he brings into our lives every day and around us. So church, when was the last time that you were in awe and feared God? Okay, so I've, you know, we've talked about these three questions. So what is our response to storm? What keeps us from actually trusting Jesus in the midst of storms in our own life? and being in awe and fear of him. I think some examples that, that came to mind as I was thinking about this is I think we, we, we live in a culture where we focus on trying to find all the answers rather than meeting Jesus in the storm. Jesus doesn't promise that he's going to answer all our questions, but he does promise that he'll be with us in the midst of the storm. And I think one thing that we need to relearn and understand is that, you know, it's okay to not have all the answers. I think trying to find all the answers in storms actually keeps us from experiencing Jesus. Another example is I think we live in denial that storms are happening. I've certainly done that the last couple years in storms in my own life as I've just tried everything possible to just avoid that it's happening. (laughs) But what I've learned is like avoiding storms does not stop the storms from happening. Um, and uh, related to that, as I think sometimes we try to protect our st- ourselves in storms. We put up walls. Um, we can, yeah, close ourselves off from the world or others or even God. We also try to control the storm. Um, that, that just doesn't work. <laughs> uh, and then uh, one that I've been thinking about that, that I also can relate to is we try to bargain with God in storms 
we tell God, hey God, I will start doing this or stop doing this if you, if you make this storm stop in my life. Like, I'll start going to church more. I'll, I'll start reading my Bible or praying more if you allow this storm to stop. That's not how God works. And then, like I shared earlier, is we depend on our resources, knowledge, and skills in the storm. Like the fishermen who lived their lives on boats, like not even their skills and abilities could keep them from having storms. I think we need to realize that like, there's not an amount of money, resources, knowledge, education, skills on the east side that can keep us from experiencing storms in our everyday life. So what is Jesus' invitation for us? You know, when we experience storms in our life, like, what does Jesus want to invite us to consider in our relationship with him? Jesus doesn't tell the disciples why the storm is happening, but he offers himself as a place of refuge and safety in the storm. Church, we need to be reminded that Jesus can be our refuge and safety when we experience storms in our life. We also need to understand that our basis of hope is not in what happens when storms come in our lives, but who is with us in it. We need to be reminded, once again, I'll read that one more time, our basis of hope is not in what happens when storms come into our lives, but who is with us in those storms. And the truth is that Jesus is with us in storms. And that's the basis of our hope. Our hope is in Jesus. And we need to be reminded that, that this hope in Jesus is in a God who is all-loving, and his love and promises is not dependent on us. This is something we need to understand is like who God is and how he sees us is not dependent on what we do or who we are. And that's something that we need to cling to in midst of storms. And lastly is in our own story, we need to cling to the story of Christ who chose to become human, fully God, fully human, and he faced many storms in his life. And he suffered all the way to death on the cross. But the hope is that he defeated suffering on the cross by raising from the dead that gives us hope that when we face storms today, they will not last forever. Like we need to understand, church, that like, when we face storms in our life, our entire life could be a huge storm or just multiple storms. But because of the work that Jesus has done on the cross, we can trust that that's, those storms will not last forever. I love what it says in Revelations 21.4. I feel like this is a verse that I've been meditating on a lot the last couple years. Uh, I mean, the last couple weeks. Um, Revelations 21.4 says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. That's the reality that we get to live in. In midst of storms in our life, (laughs) is even if those storms never stop, is we cling to the hope that one day Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. I shared earlier in my own story about just being very confused and frustrated when it, when it comes to my own future and what God has for me. I think this is what Jesus has been inviting me to consider in my own life. One thing he's been inviting me to consider is just being more honest with him and letting him into my fears rather than trying to put up uh, walls 
or trying to figure it out on my own is actually bringing those fears to the feet of Jesus. Another thing is he's just been reminding me to sit with him in the unknown. I think I just, I just want the answers. I, I want to try to figure out why everything is happening the way that it is. But I think what Jesus has been inviting me into is just to sit with him in the unknown, to trust him in the unknown, that he's with me in midst of hard circumstances or, or things that don't make sense when I think, think about the future. Other things is, I just feel like in this season, he's been inviting me into more times of solitude, of, of just listening to him. Um, I just feel like I need to spend so much more time listening to God. Um, resting. I think this is something that I've been challenged by. Even being in ministry is being okay with not being okay. Is I've, I've had to learn that it's okay to not be Okay. <laughs> And then lastly is he's been reminding me of the importance of church and community. Uh, you know, there's many days that I will come to church on Sundays after a hard week. And the last thing, and there's some weeks where I'm like, I just, you know, I, I, I just want to stay in bed or, or not show up. But I, one of the reasons I feel like I've been showing up in this season is because in midst of maybe experiencing uh, fears are hopeless in my own life is I will come to church or Christian community and I will have believers around me that will remind me of my hope in Jesus. We need that. Like There's going to be seasons of our life when we're in storms that it's going to feel like there's nothing that we can do and we need to have community around us that will remind us of our hope that we have in Jesus. In midst of storms, we need people to remind us who Jesus is when we can't remind ourselves of, the, of that ourselves. So to, to close out our time is I actually want us to spend a couple minutes of silence on our own. And how this is going to work is I'm just going to pray. Uh, and then I just want you on your own, we'll take a couple minutes, is just to reflect and just listen and just be in silence. And I want you to ask in this silence is I just want you to, to ask Jesus, ask him, what is your invitation for me this morning, Jesus? And so I'll pray, and then we'll have a time of silence, and then I'll come back up and transition us to discussion questions. So let's pray. Yeah, Jesus, I'm just so thankful for your word. <laughs> and even this story with you and the disciples reminds us of what it looks like to trust you in midst of storms, God. And we don't have to try to have everything figured out, God, or have all the answers, but I'm just so thankful that you're with us in storms, God, that, and that you invite us to ask you questions, Lord. And so, yeah, just thank you. Thank you for this morning, and, and thank you for this time that we can be together to remind each other of the hope that we have in you. Yeah, Lord, I just pray as we transition to a, a time of silence and just listening for a couple of minutes, God, I just pray that you would, um, yeah, just speak to each of us in a way that, that we need to, to hear this morning, Lord. We pray in your name. Amen.